Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Heel Phenom, SP3. We are back once again with another True Heels BTR. This one is going to be a good one. We got a good brother right here. He is the Talk Sports U.S. editor, as well as co-host of Talk Wrestling every Sunday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Everyone says I am a person that likes to know his inside source on professional wrestling. This man is a source right here. So we have Alex McCarthy. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that uh, generous, generous opening. Uh, very glad to be here, man. Um, you're a good guy, so let's talk some wrestling. Absolutely. So before we get into anything with our interview with Alex here, Alex, tell them where they can find you online very quick before we get into our conversation. Well, you can grab all of my interviews at uh, talksport.com forward slash wrestling. I've been a busy boy this week. Got five of them in the can, so you'll make your way over there and, uh, and catch up all that good content. Of course, my Twitter has it all, uh, AlexM underscore TalkSport. The interviews go on my YouTube, Alex McCarthy. I always forget that one, man. Uh, that goes on my YouTube. And, of course, I've got the radio show uh, on TalkSport 2. Uh, you'll be able to find that on the TalkSport app for uh, my good friends in America that maybe can't catch it live. Uh, so, man, make sure you do talk wrestling. Absolutely. Listen to this guy. This guy has a lot of opinions. He has a lot of news for you. So he's a good brother to listen to. And this is a reminder to you to push that like button. It helps the YouTube algorithms, helps this video grow and get to other wrestling fans and push the subscribe button for more True Hill Heat. Uh, so I always like to start off on the point of like kind of get to know you and your connection to professional wrestling. So when did you become a professional wrestling fan? Boy, um, so it was kind of like in school. Um, so I, I explain this sometimes and it's always a difference between Americans and, and Brits, right? Because for Brits, the TV thing as a kid was so different. So we only got raw on a Friday night over here. Um, so when I was like eight, nine, I started getting into it, which is like 97 ish. And, um, man, what a time to get involved with it. Like the Montreal Screwjob was one of the first things that I really saw. And I was like, what the hell is like, I had no idea what that was. Um, but yeah, man, as, as I started to watch, um, in the UK, you get raw and it's taped. So you get 10 PM on the Friday and then SmackDown was, like 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. It was really random, but uh, that's how we got it. And because I was so young, I didn't really think this is five days old or, you know, or to look for spoilers. Like, the internet wasn't really, you couldn't get it on your phone then. So, man, it was yeah, just a different time. But, but, but I say all that to say this, it was a great time to be a wrestling fan, man. There was loads of great stars. Um, the business was just on fire. Uh, I love as a kid like who knew no better and just took everything at face value. I loved it so much, man. Um, my mom was like, you know, I, I was always closer to my grandparents, right? Like my grand and my granddad, um, they were always like big influences on my life. And uh, in, in a roundabout way, they're both responsible for what I've become because my granddad was like, he was a fiercely intelligent but like articulate guy. So I got like a, a love for the vocabulary and for the words from him um but but my gran was weirdly the one who kind of stuck me by wrestling because so when even my, my mom and that were like don't let him watch it my gran was always like yeah we're gonna watch it we're gonna watch it and um she would take the pay-per-views for me and stuff man so uh, without my gran like sadly she passed away not last christmas eve the one before but it oh, was yeah. great that she, it was great that she got to 
see me get to this position because like that that's so cool for me like my granddad didn't get really to see my career in in, in full flow but she did so I'd say that was it man the Attitude Era had me hooked uh, and yeah and I, I did have some breaks as a wrestling fan I don't know if you ever did but I had a yeah. I had a couple I had a couple um, one from 2004 to 2007 and then I picked it back up when I was at university and then I dropped it again when I left university not because I wanted to just because I didn't have cable when I kind of moved away. So I kind yeah. of, I, I like, I kept up with it, like if there was big stuff going down, but I didn't really watch weekly. And then 2011, I remember going to my friend's house. He had wrestling on and it was Daniel Bryan. I had no idea who Daniel Bryan was. I wasn't like um, into the indies. I didn't really have any kind of preconceived notion of who he was. And then uh, I was watching him wrestle and I was thinking, man, this guy looks so ordinary but man he's good like i was so impressed <laughs> i was so impressed like this is this is like uh pre-beard daniel bryan you know just the buzz cut yeah. just, just looks like an ordinary bloke and uh, and he was dressing circles and i was just like man uh, and then from there i was i was kind of hooked and it through like him we would pay to go to the o2 every year when they came over they always come over once like after mania in may and so in london they would always have the raw show we'd always go to that we did that like four or five years in a row until now, I obviously I get comp tickets now, so <laughs> I don't have to pay <laughs> You know, I made it to the top. Um, exactly. So yeah, that's it, man. But that's the journey, really, and the fact that uh, it really all started with my grand on Friday nights. It's, uh, it's it's it always makes me feel good to think of that. Absolutely. Like my my grandmother was the reason I became a professional wrestling fan going over to her house on Saturdays and watching WWF superstars when I was like really, really young. The Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior days. But it's funny that you say that Daniel Bryan brought you back because it was a years earlier. I did discover the Indies in 2006. I went to ROH Final Battle and I saw Daniel Bryan and I. 100% 100% you you said on point my thought like I, I was supposed to be cheering for Homicide who's from New York and yeah. I was just like amazed by Daniel by Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan I was like this guy is amazing in the ring and I was like he wrestles like William Regal mixed with Shawn Michaels and funny enough yeah that's his trainers <laughs> yeah, exactly so how did you get involved in the uh like writing part of like re- professional wrestling journalism yeah, so it's it's a weird thing, like, um, and I don't want to, like, coin myself, like, I'm not, a, like, a pioneer or anything like that, but there wasn't really someone who did this in the UK before me, if that makes sense. Like, certainly to the level that I do it now anyway. Like, when, uh, so I played sort of semi-professional football soccer for you when I was coming up, and I always thought I'd go on to write about that. Like, when, when you kind of realise, so you get paid to play semi-professionally, but it's like obviously the the level before you become pro and um, a lot of people just hang at that level. When you realise you're not going to make a living out of it, it's kind of like, oh. So I always thought if I could write about sport, that's probably the next best to playing sport. Like that's just in just trying to figure out my career and and stuff like that. So I always aimed to write about football um, and I, I had a hard time getting into the industry, man. When I came out of university, I kind of wallowed for like four years because I just didn't get any work experience, man. I just, I did what guys do at university, man. I don't, you don't need me to, to explain that. Um, yeah. But it, I, I didn't do what I should have done. I got a degree, sure, but like I didn't put anything on, you know, pad out my CV in any kind of way. And there's a million guys who've got a degree. So um, couldn't get in anywhere. 
and eventually after four years I like saved that money and went back to college and I've got like another degree which allows you to work for newspapers and do shorthand and all stuff like that so while I was doing that I used their connections to get work experience and then doors started opening but man it took yeah like I didn't I was about I think I was I'm 32 now and I was like 26 when I got my first real gig uh, wow. I think or 27 or one of them so it took it took a long time and I'd, I'd graduated from university when I was 22 so it took a while um and then my first job was as an MBA writer um, really yeah for a, a company called give me sport so they had the the official MBA partnership in the UK so they needed staff writers and things like that uh, and as you can imagine in the UK I don't think there's a a wide pool of good MBA writers so uh, <laughs> Basically, if you was a fan and you can write, you had a chance. And I'm, I've always been a big Lakers guy. Um, Kobe, man, Ray. Well, this, I, I, I think that's why we were connected. We're kindred souls, man. Souls <laughs> are connected. I can feel it. Um, but, I, but Kobe was my guy, man. Um, I was in Houston when he died, by the way, and that sucked. That like, um, I was walking along to get lunch when the news broke on my phone. Yeah. And you could almost feel the air coming out of everyone. Like everyone was reading. Do you know what I mean? Everyone was yeah. like reading their phone at the same time. And this is Houston. It's not like Kobe City or anything. But man, like it was just, you could tell everyone was just gutted, man. It was a day of the rumble. It just, it was awful. It was awful. It, um, it, it really showed the, the impact because I think a lot of people over the years didn't like know the significance of Kobe Bryant's time in the NBA because he had that kind of weird period in between Michael Jordan, who's the greatest of all time, and LeBron James, who's probably the most famous basketball player of all time. So it's like it's like he, he's kind of in that middle point and it kind of got shitty of what his legacy was. But it, through his death, unfortunately, we kind of saw the impact that he had on the world. Yeah. And I think he was gradually getting that anyway through his post career stuff, like the projects that he'd taken on and, um, you know, the, the, his love letter to basketball and stuff like that. I, Man, it's just. It, it may, I feel I feel shit every time I think about it. But um, anyway, he he had made me a massive Lakers fan. And actually, when I took this job on, Lakers were awful. <laughs> we were bad. <laughs> we were bad. Um, this is like 2016, I think, when I had this job. Man, we were bad. Like Carlos. Well, we got Brandon Brandon Ingram when that's when, and that, and I think that's the same summer we gave all that money to Luau Deng and Moscow. Yes, <laughs> So when I was working that, I know we're getting way off track here, but it's interesting. So when I was working that, obviously you work with the NBA, you can only report on like official deals. And in the like, uh, what's it called? The monitorium or whatever it's called. Um, because it's not like official. Yeah, they've agreed it. You can't actually report it. And I'm just sitting there going, you're telling me I'm going to have to write about Lil Den getting 72 million. I'm like, come on. Like, what? what is this? Um, and then I'm watching Durant go to the Warriors and I'm like, oh man, this is just terrible. Um yeah, it sucked. But it's weird because I actually enjoyed the Lakers as they got better. Um, yeah. And I felt like Luke Walton, um, I felt sorry for him, is what it, it basically. Like, I felt like he had all the tools, but he was in the worst situation. Um, and when you look at Ingram, Ball, like Ingram started to flourish with the Pelicans, by the way. He's shown signs yeah. that he, he can be that guy. Um, and he, again, he's he's got all the tools, and I know you had to listen to this going, but okay. I, I went off on a tangent. Anyway, um, the Lakers are good now, and yeah. uh, so we were we were kind of 
I was doing that and I was getting decent numbers, but really NBA doesn't do much in the UK in terms of clicks. So yeah. uh, eventually they were like, so I was lucky, man. They got rid of, there was two of us. They got rid of the other guy and they were like, you know, we're going to keep you because you know some other sports. And, you, you know, I was like, thank God. Um, and they were like, you know, you like WWE, right? And I was like, yeah. And they go, well, you know, we've got this part of the site and we haven't really given it much love. Like, why don't you just become the US guy? Just do like, you like UFC, you like, uh, you're good at, you know, box. I know boxing's worldwide, but, uh, yeah. you know, like that and and, uh, and and wrestling. So just, you know, start writing stuff about that. And then the wrestling side just took off and we were just getting loads of clicks. Then it wasn't long before 2K came along, the gaming people, mm. and they were offering interviews. So I got my first interview with the big show, I think that was at the end of 2016. Uh, that, was, that was like my first wrestling interview, but it was through 2K. Um and so, so at this point, like looking where I am now, where I actually know people in, in the business and, you know, sourcing stories and stuff. Then I literally was just a guy who was writing up the rumors. And, and I was like, oh, my God, like, obviously, I'm still like, oh, my God, the big show. But um, I, <laughs> the interview was chucked to me rather than I could go get it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I, I basically I just built that. And eventually, I think this is by 2018, they were like, just be the WWE guy. They were like, you know, this is going well. You just be that guy. Just just take on that mantle and then I could start hiring people. And I was like, how did this happen? Cause there isn't like, it's again, it's not like a job I could have applied for. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't like yeah. a WWE editor or journalist anywhere. And then, you know, I'm going to WrestleManias, I'm going to SummerSlams and I'm, you know, I just thought, how did this happen? Um, and then the, towards the end of 2018 talk sport, which are like, you know, they're the biggest radio station in the country. They, you know, one of the biggest brands basically in the UK just approached me again, not a job I could have applied for. And they were like, you know, we have, we'd like to expand our website and we haven't got anyone writing about WWE. Do you want to come do that? It was a big bump in pay. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> of course, why not? <laughs> um, and then again, we went there 2018. There was about, I think there's about 30,000 clicks in 2018. That's what they had. For total, I think they wrote about 10 wrestling articles and they, they got 30,000 total. And in my first year there in 2019, we did over 13 million clicks. So it was like, wow. them, if you can imagine from that to that, in what that means in terms of like ad revenue and stuff. So yeah. they, were, they were like, oh, wow, like, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, wow, there's an audience here. And then I've got a show. And man, things have just, that, that's literally as, as honestly and candidly as I've said that, like, and then this happened, then that happened. It's literally how it's gone. It's just been a nice, cocktail of timing chance luck and um and hard work i guess definitely definitely hard work and dedication to what you're doing but to to know that it all came from your your fandom of professional wrestling that's something to 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 strive for it, it gives it gives a little bit of inspiration to other fans yeah but when you say like strive for that's that's the thing that makes me laugh um in some ways because it's like I, i've i've reached somewhere that i could have only dreamt of but I didn't really dream of it because I didn't know you could. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that when, is true. When I, when I was growing up, um, like obviously Meltzer was like the guy. You knew everyone knew Meltzer, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, and and he uh, he can be hit and missed in some people's eyes now, but like, uh, you still have to respect like the historian and like the the, the, the what he's been in the business basically. Um, and that was cool. I always thought you know that's great, but I never thought I could be someone who would even be considered a peer of his so you know to be in that realm now is 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 weird but 
Uh, it's, I've just taken all the chances that they've come and it's manifested to what it is now. And what's cool is like, you don't want to be a gatekeeper about it or anything. Like there's plenty of people who are websites basically, and I think this is universal, are just realizing the traffic you can get from wrestling, right? Like yeah. they, so it's not just wrestling sites now, there's sites like TalkSport, um, you know, and other ones around the world that have actually realized, hmm, there's, there's a big audience there and we can make money out of that. Um, and so in the UK, there's like a, I don't want to say underneath me, with me, there are journalists doing their thing too. And it's cool because we can kind of like rise each other up almost. So um, from nothing to being a scene is quite something. And it also like the time that you're you're making all these like gr- great like career steps is a time where wrestling is really like expanding as well. Like, th- can you tell us like more of like in the UK how how like the expansion of New Japan into US like how you guys responded to that as well as the introduction of AEW? Oh man, <laughs> I always don't know where to Like with, the British scene itself um, uh, has driven a large part of that and attracted that I feel. So um, you'll obviously be familiar with like Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate and, and, and Trent Seven. Yeah. Stuff. Um, that's not just a gimmick. They really have been the backbone for like the last 10 years of the British wrestling scene. They've helped drive that and bring it up. And now we've got Progress Wrestling. We've got ICW in Scotland. We've got Rev Pro. Um, God, there's, there's loads. that I that Obviously TNT in Liverpool. We've got those and it's like the, the they were like the hotbed right and that's what nxt uk very successfully kind of pillaged <laughs> almost they, they, you know, <laughs> they, they did they did they did um <laughs> they, they took the best talent and well, i mean what, what do you think they're gonna do you know um uh sorry ott that's what i was trying to wrap my brain for in ireland yes, they, yeah. they produced some great guys um so yeah we, we've got a lot of these different places where people can go and and uh, they've all risen now and wwe has various relations with them so the the way you can get into these big companies has never been more accessible and vice versa these big companies want to come here and take advantage of the fandom that has been building with the companies right so nxt of course have done that AEW, um i've been really a a direct line with them from the start in terms of talking i've talked to tony khan uh, fairly not fairly regularly but i have spoken to him a, a fair amount um about the uk and and things like that and their plans and i spoke to cody just this week about it it's um that you know obviously at the moment we get it the circumstance right of the travel and things like that but they were going to fight a fest in the uk which was a story that tony khan was generous enough to let me break and uh yeah they 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 do want to be over here there's no doubt about it they just have to work their way in wwe just someone inside the company was telling me today that they are literally like trying as hard as they can to get NXT UK back up running as safely and fastly as possible. It looks like October fans are allowed back in in the UK. That is right. So okay. we're, they're allowed in stadiums and stuff there. I don't know what capacity, but they October's the aim. So I think NXT UK obviously on the right track. The thing with New Japan uh, and and got Impact as well, Ring of Honor, they've all got history coming over here for tours. Yeah. I think um, a lot of it is, and although the so the UK is not even as big as Texas, right? But mm-hmm. in terms of a wrestling market, I think a lot of people consider it probably the second biggest in the world. And a lot of things go into that. And that's like not only the amount of people that, you know, watch it and are into it, 
but the TV deals because obviously our, our economy and stuff um, and and just you know the sponsors and stuff. I think that makes it more attractive, and that's why people want to be involved with it. Um, so it's, yeah. and and I won't lie, the last few years that boom and all these companies' interest that's made, in turn, my life. You know, it's helped grow me because the opportunities have been yeah. there, right? You know what I mean? So, um, I'm I'm forever grateful that they've decided to expand and and all of that stuff. And man, um, the the boom in the UK has done nothing but help me. <laughs> it, it gives you a lot more wrestling to to talk about that now that it's like in the mainstream and there's always I I, I said this to uh, the guys I was on Wrestle Talk recently and I said oh. to those guys I was yeah I said to them I was like I thought during like this whole pandemic I was coming up with different ideas for our YouTube channel like different shows to do because I was like there's not gonna be much news and not gonna be much wrestling going on and then. Yeah. Everything has happened during this pandemic. So how how have you been dealing with the the bombardment of a ton of news every single day? Man, I've I've been just as busy, uh, if not more, during the pandemic. Like, because there's more time for interviews. The vast majority of them I'm doing on Skype or Zoom. Like, you know, it's, it's almost like easier. <laughs> yeah. Like, or go anywhere or do anything. Like, you know, just to wake up every day and interview people. Like, like this week. I've interviewed Juice Robinson, Cody Rhodes, Oscar, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and MVP. That's five in a week. Like, it's nice. a lot of content. Like, do you know what I mean? There's a, it may be too much um, for me to even to even divulge. But, um, man, it's, you know, with all stuff like that, it's it's a blessing, man. Because I, 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 as a fan, I love talking to the wrestlers like that, above all else, probably. Um, when you report the backstage stuff, I think that's a fine line. So I I, um, I don't like tweeting spoilers per se. And I hear things, but I don't like to. I might give a nod to it on Twitter and then people will come back and go, ah, like, you know, I, I don't want to like spell it out for people. So, yeah, I'll give an example um, with I, I, I got a message the day before backlash and it was like edge got really hurt and i was like oh like okay like how long didn't know how long he was out for or whatever but i knew that his tricep uh or bicep whichever one it was and um yeah uh and i, I messaged sean ross sap this is and i said because you know you want to check things i never <laughs> the first thing i ever want to say i don't you know don't ever just take a message from someone at face value because damn um and there are people that do that but uh Get in trouble that way. Yeah, yeah. So and we were, he was like, no, I haven't heard about that. And I was like, oh, well, you should look into it. And he did. Um, and he ended up reporting it on his Fightful Select, although he did mention that I told him. But um, I, I, on Twitter, I chose not to do that because I don't want people to watch. And then, you know, no, basically no one thanks you for spoilers. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't think I like things being spoiled. And, I don't, and, and because of that, by its very nature, I'm not going to do that. But... I get it why someone like Sean would or behind a paywall or something like, you know, there are people that want to know those things. Yeah. But um, I'm not under any pressure to kind of get clicks or stories that way, like editorially. So I choose not to. Um, and I also knew the next night that Christian was coming back. So again, I got the, the message and they were like, Oh, you know, he's been cleared to do some stuff. And I was like, damn, I really? Um, so again, like I think wrestle votes put out, uh, you know, wrestle votes, right. They, they put out, yeah, uh, yeah a teaser um and then i elaborated on that teaser with another teaser 
Um, and then yeah, I, I remember that was that was my, like my one of your your famous tweets, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh, and, and it was like it wasn't very thinly veiled, to be honest. It was a little you know, as soon as I said peep, everyone was like ah. Um, so yeah, uh, and then obviously like he came back, and I, I knew like I'd even been told that he was going to get punted in the head, and, that, and I was just watching it like ah, um, <laughs> as a big Christian mark. But yeah, so like stuff like that, I choose to not. It, like for that, I wrote an article the next day about the plans and what they meant rather than ahead of time. That's just what I, I prefer to do. But I think um, in terms of, you know, you talk about some of the stories that I've broken and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's nice when, when, when they happen. Um, I, I'm always eternally nervous because you just the thing about wrestling and uh, especially like, so I remember getting told what the women's match was going to be for WrestleMania, which I reported. And yeah. it ended up happening, but it didn't get announced for like another two or three weeks. And the whole time I'm thinking, I hope it happens. Just just because things do change. Do you know what I mean? So I, you don't want to you don't want to be hung out to dry. And your, and re, your reputation in this business kind of means everything. So, um, but you know there are some cool stuff that happens. Like I remember I reported uh, the Riddle and Lesnar altercation at the Rumble, and I reported exactly what was said. Uh, and what happened and and after that um so i actually reached out to matt riddle and he didn't get back to me and i thought oh, maybe he didn't like it then i thought maybe yeah uh, but I'd, I'd heard from and i mean like talent like not only just stuff like people would tell me like, i was very confident it was it was right um and then i actually had the chance to interview matt riddle a few weeks ago and he literally word for word almost like confirmed what i'd said and it was so like justifiable like you, you, there's a big party who wants to go like on Twitter, see, but you just think, nah, like, you know, it's not gonna, that won't help anyone. So, um, no, no, I feel like you just have to let the work speak for itself. And thus far, I think I've, I've accrued a fair amount of equity. Like I, I haven't just said any random shit. So uh, long may that continue. Let that be my mantra. Don't say random <laughs> shit. Don't say random shit. I'm going to make that one of the tags for this video. <laughs> <laughs> no have you seen that though with some journalists and they're like i've heard this is gonna happen and you're like the, the, the rumors fan that they're the ones that do me the most like and uh, i hate to like use him as a reference but like brad shepherd someone like that and they're just like complete chances and i just think i hate it when there's and there's a section of wrestling fans that get invested in what they say and i just think man just just report like the news and get this i like to get it from the horse's mouth which is why interviewing superstars is the best man yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because you're you're not gonna get any type. You, uh, you're gonna get from their perspective, and it's not gonna be from a third party or anything like that. So, and Brad Shepard, he, yeah, he's like, he's like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. No yeah. words, no words is needed. <laughs> but uh, what would you what would you say is like? one of the biggest things that you have experienced since your time as being like talking about professional wrestling on like a professional platform and like being paid in the gig. Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes it's surreal when I like, I come away from the studio um, and we've just chatted about wrestling and we've had like, I don't know, the last episode, I think we had Drew McIntyre on for like half an hour and then I'm kind of spitting wrestling with him. And then I'm talking to people and I'm like, people were tuning in to hear what I think or like even on Twitter sometimes. And I, you know, and they'll be like, Alex, what do you think about this? And I'll, and I'll think to myself, it's quite wild that, that people care what I think. Um, but you know, it's cool. And, and that's why like my, my corner of 
uh, wrestling Twitter, as it were. I like to keep it pretty positive, and you know, everyone you have to, you know, I want to respect their opinions, and you'd hope that I would hate to perpetuate the toxic environment that a lot of wrestling Twitter can be. Um, so I feel like maybe that's why some people do gravitate towards me, not necessarily to hear what I think, but because they realise they will get hurt. Do you see what I mean? Like it's um, it's a two-way street. I respect. Well, you have to say there's nothing that makes me any more special than anyone else. Um, it's just it's just cool that we can all talk about wrestling because it is the most subjective thing you could ever imagine. Like with real sport, there's no denying that Kobe Kobe Bryant was like a scoring machine. Nobody nobody could stand Absolutely. for it and say that objectively. Like because I could just go well, he was because you could go bang 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 right. But with wrestling, yeah. you, a lot of what you say you know is like you know, this person's great and they'll go well you know he's won this he's won that well he was booked to do so. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he can do this and he can do that. Oh, yeah, but this guy tells great stories. And it's like, you know, you go back and forth forever on what people like. And the criteria changes for everyone. So um, I feel that's one of the most important things about um, gaining an audience or, uh, you know, talking to the rest of the community. It's just making them feel like their opinion matters because it does. Everyone's does. Yeah, it's very it's, – and I think that's, like, something that gets, like, very – very overshadowed by everyone's opinion because everyone has a nature in professional wrestling especially us as fans to kind of present our opinions as the fact this yes. was a great match like, like, like and I, I i i am i am raising my hand as the first person that does that i do it myself from time to time and i can i can acknowledge that and look back on it like no it could be a bad match to somebody else but it's it's something that we do a lot in this community I think it's fine though to have that strong opinion. You should have strong opinions. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if you think a match is great, then that that's fine. Why why would we not? Um, you know, there's no reason to feel bad about that. I, I think it's it's different when people are like belittling other people's opinions. Like that's different. Like that's yeah. when they're like, um, like for instance, um, I'll I might tweet, I think Charlotte Flair is the greatest women's worker in the world. Bang, and then my replies are like, oh, uh, you know, because you've got all of these different. Um, fans of people that think somehow by saying that you're attacking them. They're like, well, how could you say that? Uh, so, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that's where it all gets um, a bit distorted. But um, yeah, uh, for, for me, I feel like everyone's entitled to their opinion. And, and this just goes to general life. Like do what makes you happy, but not at the expense of others. That's for me. Absolutely. So kind of falling a little bit into that type of story, being in the UK uh, wrestling scene, how do you think they are, you know, it's, you know, we're still dealing with the pandemic, but how do you think they're dealing with the whole entire speaking out movement? I mean, there's been some strides made in terms of um, some companies that have been set up to try and uh, want to say aid the industry because you can't mitigate it and you can't, run it per se you know that'd be like unionizing like realistically i just don't think that's going to happen nor would that be something that could happen this quick um so i think there are different bodies i saw one today um that 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 has started where they're going to liaise with different companies and you know, there's different protocols that you have to go through to make sure that bullying isn't happening or you know uh i don't know for instance like if someone has a record of some something the sexual or otherwise you you know you're vetted and things like that and there's because there just seems to be too many there's a lot when there's a lot of sexual misconduct in the uk or that that has been accused of but uh, you know it's bullying as well um and there just seems to be 
a lot of people in power positions taking advantage of that. And I think that is where the UK are addressing it the most. Um, of course, it's hard at the moment because no one's really running shows or doing training. So it's hard to say what tangible differences there are. Um, that will come to the fore the more we return to normality, right? But at the moment, at least the steps are being implemented. Um, and I know a lot of companies and a lot of training schools are very serious about um, doing that and adhering to that uh, and cleaning up the mess. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm just happy that the proverbial trash is being taken out and we can begin to rebuild from here. Absolutely. I think that they have to get they have to clean up all the mess and get the wrong people out of this business. That's how we're going to move forward for sure. So finally, uh, I, I like to end things off with a, a heel, a heel like question. So I have to I ask every single guest that I have on here. Who is who is your favorite heel that you've ever seen in professional wrestling? And if it's different, if it's a different person, what is the greatest heel moment? you ever remember in professional wrestling? Greatest heel moment. Do you know what? I'll start off with the greatest heel because I hated him the most. Um, and that is Triple H. I hated that man. Um, I hated him with a passion. I've told him that as well. I've told him I hated you, man. Um, and uh, <laughs> he, so, so, I mean, I don't think I've made a secret of this. If anyone who follows me, I'm a huge like rock mark. He's the guy who got me into wrestling so it makes sense that around the 2000 mark, if I loved The Rock, then I hated Triple H. Um, <laughs> Goes and, hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's, it's nature. Um, <laughs> and I think the thing with Triple H that I hated the most, so as I've grown older, I've appreciated what a tremendous worker he is and, uh, you know, and a talent and all of that stuff. So, you know, if anything, I'm sure he's grateful that I hated him because that's what he wanted. But um, yeah. when, when I was a kid, I was like, he's not even that good. I was like, oh, you know, and, and I was like, he's just with Stephanie and he's, he, oh, he's making up all his own rules. This sucks. I was like, I, I, was like, I hated it. I hated it. Uh, and even though now, like, if I was to watch that same thing now, I'd see totally different lens and I'd be like, oh, this is good booking. Um, back then, <laughs> I was like, I hate it. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought, uh, and, and one thing that's often understated, so we haven't had superstars as big as Austin and Rock since then. But a lot of that goes into having great foils and Triple H was a phenomenal foil for, for The Rock. So um, I do, I class him as probably my favourite. My favourite heel thing is a hard one. There's lots of great, like, little nuances and moments. Um, and, but but the, the thing is, as you get older, as great as they are, a lot, a lot of them you see coming. Um, so, for instance, I saw, yeah. I saw the Kevin Owens turn on Chris Jericho at the Festival of Friendship coming, not in its precise capacity though. So I knew there'd be a turn somewhere, but we didn't know how or when. And that was masterfully played out, that one. Really well done. Um, but I'm trying to think of one where I was generally left like, oh, like I didn't want that to happen. Or, you know, because they're always the best ones where you're left genuinely upset, like, oh, why did you do that? Um, and man, like I tell you what, as well, on a, on a totally unrelated level, I thought, unsurprisingly, The Rock's Hollywood stint as a heel was just the, some of the most entertaining stuff I've ever seen. The Toronto promo is one of the greatest pieces of business I have ever hey, seen. Hey, he said Toronto. <laughs> 
It's so great. We we really are Kendrick Soul. I was a huge Rock fan, a huge Kobe fan. I hated Triple H. I even said, I was like, even when Triple H was a babyface against, when he was in DX, China helped him beat Rock in the ladder match at what? SummerSlam 98. Even when he was a babyface, he was a heel. Like, come on. <laughs> so, I... <laughs> I am totally 100% with you. So finally, tell the great people watching uh, where they can find you, talk wrestling, everything else, your social media. Tell them what you got going on. Yeah, man. So uh, my articles, as I mentioned, been a busy boy this week. You'll find all of that work at talksport.com forward slash wrestling. Um, I post all of the good bits and the gateways to that uh, uh, on my Twitter, AlexM underscore talksport. Uh, you'll hear me on the radio. So actually, the show is usually on Sundays, but this week we're on Monday at uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. UK time. UFC Fight Island's got us moving around all over the shop. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where you'll catch me uh, on the radio, online, and on Twitter. I, I have Instagram, but yeah, unless you want to look at my kids, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I use my Instagram for. <laughs> I love it. I love to see it. Thank you so much for, for being on the show, good brother. I will definitely be in contact with you some more as I just got a position as a contributor for Sports Kita. So I need to pick your brain on how to how to, how to to write about this business, good brother. Let me tell you something about that. Sports Kita has got a good family of people these days. Um, yeah. Have you met many? Have you spoken to many of the writers there? I've spoken to Raju. I've spoken to Gary a little bit. Uh, just a few people so far. Kevin. So there's a couple of people that are really good. Tom. We just had uh, Tom Collinhill on True Hill Heat. So we got to uh, shout out him. Yeah, shout out Tom. Um, uh, Tom's a guy I tried, I've helped come along in the business a little bit. Like I, I, I tried to get him some contacts with WWE to shows. Uh, so I've met, I actually met up with Tom at Blackpool. No, Cardiff. NXT UK Cardiff. Oh. Um, so that was cool. Um, Gary is a great guy, um, one of the genuinely nicest guys you could hope to meet, um, and he's a hard worker, so I've got a lot of time for Gary. Uh, Steph Chase is one of the best female wrestling journalists in the world, in my opinion, also works for Sports Kida. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually meant to be thinking of some, I write for Sports Kida occasionally, like, yeah. as a uh, contributor, I think they call it. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna, I need to be thinking of some stuff, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, get, uh, get in touch with those guys, man, because the Sports Kida family, they, they've done a real good job of uh, rebuilding a name that was, wasn't was so favourable for a few years ago. It's just full of rumours and, and rubbish, yeah. really. They've done a great job of rebuilding. Uh, and the fact that you're a part of that, man, it tells me good things about you. So uh, congratulations and good luck. Thank you, good brother, and thank you once again for coming on True Hills BTR. So you guys watching at home, push that like button, show your support to this video, push the subscribe button and the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. For Alex McCarthy, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. This has been True Hills BTR, signing off until next time.